I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. Welcome to the David Pollack Show. We are back. I apologize. I was not here last week for you guys because, you know what? I was on vacation in the Florida Keys. Yes, I'm not bragging, but it was nice. You know, we had some sun, some fireworks. Actually, I went to a a 4th of July party. These people, they had a shed filled with fireworks. And no, it didn't all blow up at one time. But, man, I think they were lighting fireworks for an hour straight. And, um... It was really nice, man. There's no better way to celebrate America than blowing stuff up over the water. I mean, I, I couldn't help but feel patriotic. It was it was pretty nice. And also, um, I think the Keys were celebrating, what is it, 200th anniversary, 200 years of the Florida Keys, and they baked this giant key lime pie. And uh, so they, like, I guess it was the world record key lime pie, and, and they were spooning it out for people to try. But it was like 150,000 degrees that day because of, you know, global warming. And uh, the key lime pie was certainly warming. And I joke, they uh, not only was it the world's largest key lime pie, but it was potentially the world's largest community foodborne illness. So uh, needless to say, I did not eat too much, but I did taste it and it, and it was good. And I'm still here. And I don't believe I had any foodborne illness. So, um, so yeah, so I hope you all had a nice 4th of July as well. Independence Day. I hope you safely... Uh, made your neighbors angry and all of the shivering dogs that people complain about. One thing you always notice after 4th of July, the two things people people say is one, they're excited, and the other ones are really mad because of the dogs. But anyway, my dogs weren't afraid. They're, they're, they're conservative. So we got an exciting show for you guys tonight. I have uh, a lot of very good guests coming on. I mean, of course, my boy Scott Pressler is coming back on. I think he might as well be the honorary co-host of the show at this point. He's going to come on because we have the Turning Point Action Summit uh, conference actually coming up um, this next weekend. And, and yours truly will be there snagging people and getting interviews. And Mr. Pressler himself will be there. He's actually speaking there this year. Um, he just had a, a, a great deal that he made uh, with Turning Point. I'm going to let him talk about that here in a minute. Um, they have recognized his contributions, even though Chairwoman McDaniel has still yet to even return a tweet. So we'll be talking that. Crypto lawyers coming back on the show. And we have Bill Mitchell coming on later on as well, because guess what, guys? We're talking about DeSantis. Trump versus DeSantis. Everybody wants to talk about Trump versus DeSantis. I thought I was sick of it. I'm not sick of it anymore. I'm excited about it. Everywhere I go, people want to talk Trump versus DeSantis. And I bet you guys do, too. So we're going to talk about that. And maybe lizard people on the plane. I don't know if there's going to be time. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about, oh, and by the way, if you've been working out, apparently that makes you Republican. It makes you right wing. 
if you if you boast about your fitness, you'll be unavoidably right wing, according to the Guardian. I'll, maybe I'll talk about that later too. So let's get right into it. I want to welcome Scott Pressler on the show. Scott Pressler, welcome back to the David Pollock Show. Thank you. I don't know if it means I'm easily entertained, but my favorite firework growing up was the little <laughs> pellet that turned into a snake. I love the pellet that turned. I burnt, <laughs> I burnt the, the, the bejesus out of my fingers on the little pellet that turned into I'm sure you did too. You're like, I want to touch it. I mean, then they make them. It's like, I know they're probably not for kids. Same thing with Roman candles, <laughs> but they make these things that are arguably for children. They're like, here, you can't use the bottle rocket. So instead, take this burning piece of carbon. And light it on fire on the ground and don't touch it, even though it's looking like this, like, comfortable, like, foam. Yeah, no, I hear you. They are a lot of fun. And then, of course, if you put it on your on your driveway, your parents love that, too, because it leaves a big old burn mark. <laughs> and, and in the Roman candles, too. I don't know if you ever play with. Do you like Roman candles there, Scott? <laughs> yes, sir. I, you know, I saw somebody actually put one on a drone. I saw this on, I'm not, and, and guys, do not try this at home or anywhere because you'll probably go to jail. I can almost guarantee you'll go to jail. And I'll ask crypto lawyer about that later. Uh, but yeah, if you put a Roman candle on a drone, I saw this on like TikTok or one of these things that are flying it around, shooting it at their friends. And it's hilariously innovative, but also very dangerous. So don't do it. But man, technology and the times are certainly changing, right? And hilarious yet dangerous is also <laughs> voting Democrats. Yeah, well, that, that's not even funny anymore. <laughs> like, it, it's hilarious to like, I'm actually, I can see I have a TV monitor over my shoulder and has Joe Biden on the beach. That is not even hilarious. It's just sad. I mean, but he got his shirt off and back on. So, I mean, that's better than his suit jacket. But yes, you're right. And you and nobody works harder in making sure that Joe Biden is not reelected than you. And I tell you about this every single time. You are the hardest working man in politics. You understand the mission and you know exactly what needs to be done to get Republicans elected. You know, we need to vote early. We need to stop this Election Day nonsense. Most elections are over by Election Day. And for some reason, Republicans are still convinced because of fraud or whatnot. They have to wait till Election Day to vote. We can't do that anymore. We don't vote by mail. We need to start voting by mail. Whatever they are doing that's successful, we need to start doing. And you are preaching that gospel, my friend, right? Well, or if worse comes to worse and you don't want to vote by mail or you don't trust the USPS, or if you don't want to put it in a drawback, at least vote early in person. That would, I would argue, would be the best election integrity effort that beats Election Day voting. Vote early in person. We proved this in Florida that you guys won vote by mail plus early in person. And I think it actually inspired people because when people saw that y'all were winning blue counties in Duval, in Pinellas, a seminal county, Miami-Dade, West Palm Beach. I argue that it actually encouraged other people because they were like, wait a second, if we're winning in Miami early voting, then we're going to crush this election. Yeah. And so that's a part of my strategy going into 2024. Let's beat them at the ballot box early, inspire the low propensity voter, and then we will cruise through to electing a Republican president. Right. And then, you know, the Democrats, look, I'll give them credit where credit is due. They're really good at winning elections. We've talked about this in the past. I mean, they can get people like Fetterman elected and Biden elected. It doesn't matter who their candidate is. They're good at getting people elected and oftentimes with less money because they're really good on the ground. And what Republicans don't do well is we don't get the ballots either in the hands of our voters or out of the hands of our voters, exactly like you're talking about. And voting early is important, but voting, but getting people to request their ballots by mail 
And then going and making sure they vote those ballots. This is somewhere where I'm really interested to see Republicans put more effort. You know, I, you know, you have you, all the work you've done with registering Republicans is important. Now we have Republican numbers. We have the ability to win. But now how do we get those Republicans to not only turn up, but also vote? And so I do believe I think we need to get Republicans comfortable with voting by mail, requesting ballots. Let's do what we need to do. Legally harvest those ballots. And when I say harvest, I don't mean do anything illegal. I mean, make it easy for people who are unable to turn those ballots and make sure they turn them in. This is what Democrats are doing. Republicans need to do the same thing. It's not enough to simply register voters and hope they vote. Right. We need to make sure that they're voting and actually turning in those ballots. Right. Well, Republicans, you hear me loud listening at home. We need to wake up. The Democrats are still outdoing us. They're outworking us. And anybody who goes, oh, Joe Biden is a weak candidate or, you know, we're going to have the strength of Trump's army, whatever. No, guys, I'll remind you, we just lost the mayorship in Jacksonville, right. Florida to Donna Deegan. So anybody who's saying Florida is good our Republican numbers are good. No, the fact of the matter is we lost an election. And Republicans, any of y'all that are going to say that Trump is the nominee, I'm telling you right now, DeSantis has a good ground game. And I know that I'm talking to my Florida people and you guys are like in this weird spot where your governor's DeSantis, but you also love Donald Trump. But I'm telling you right now, Trump supporters, you cannot be complacent and just think that because Donald Trump is winning right now by 33 percentage points that he's going to clinch the nomination. People in California, Arizona, Florida, Nevada, New York, New Mexico, Oregon, Pennsylvania, you must be registered as a Republican in order to vote in the Republican primary. And it's so important that we're educating the base of this. Because people are going to show up, I guarantee you, in the primary next year in Florida, and they're going to go, I want to vote for Trump or I want to vote for DeSantis. And they won't be able to because they're an unaffiliated voter. Yeah, well, and, and not only that, and, and you're right. I mean, people might be um, just sitting back like, oh, Trump's going to get the nomination. In Florida, it's certainly contentious. When I was at the sandbar um, in Key West over the weekend, what I noticed was curiously absent was Trump flags. Every sand, every boat that I've seen in Florida over the last or Florida, as you call it, over the last few years have all had Trump flags waving behind it this year. They were curiously absent. I don't know if uh, if it's because people don't want to upset their DeSantis supporting neighbors or maybe, you know, people aren't as excited about Donald Trump as they used to be. That that's left for discussion. And we are going to talk a lot about DeSantis in the second half. Bill Mitchell's going to come on and have that conversation. And um, crypto lawyer is going to come on in a little bit and talk about um, Steve Cortez and, and what he was talking about with um, where the ground DeSantis needs to make up. So there's a lot to discuss with DeSantis. But regardless, even if it's Trump or not, I mean, a lot of the focus on whether uh, whether or not Trump should be the nominee or should be DeSantis seems to revolve around the electability, quote unquote, of the candidates. But like you're saying, electability is only one factor. Fundraising potential is only one factor. The ability to get out the vote, to ground game, the part we need to win. Too many Republicans take way too much time going, well, this guy raises a lot of money. That's me. We're going to win. I don't know what measure. I don't know who decided that the measure of a good candidate is how much money they can raise versus who can actually win elections. And this is where look, Jacksonville we had more Republicans registered than Democrats. And we still lost because the Democrats in Florida were more organized in that race. We took it for granted. So we do. Well, we, and, good. And I want to be objective about this because I've made it clear that I'm staying neutral and I'm not endorsing in the presidential right. election. 
But to anybody who makes the argument about electability or look, I understand people's frustration about the 2020 election and for people that are questioning President Trump. And again, this is objective. Look at Wisconsin, fewer than 20,000 votes. Arizona, fewer than 20,000 votes. Georgia, fewer than 20,000 votes. The 2020 election really was decided by fewer than 60,000 votes. Again, you're correct that the Democrats are just better about locking in every single vote. And so, yes, it's money, it's your message, it's the ground game, and it's going to be all of those things that we need to work on now in preparation for next year. Because people are going to come out of the woodwork after Labor Day in 2024 and go, Scott, I want to volunteer. And I'm going to be like, okay, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you're here to volunteer. But mail-in ballots are already going out. Early voting has started, and people's minds are already made up. So if you really want to have an impact and make a difference, then you need to spend your entire summer now registering voters and building the infrastructure. Absolutely right. Scott, do you have time to stick around? Can I go to a quick break and take you back? Because I really want to talk about Turning Point. Do you have a few minutes? Absolutely. All right, I'm going to go to a quick break. You guys don't go anywhere. Scott Pressler is going to be on. I'm going to bring on Crypto Lawyer. We're going to talk about Turning Point, where Scott is going to be speaking, and lots more to come. So don't go away. We'll be back right after this break. With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. Now it's time for your Mortgage Minute, brought to you by the Joe Onofre Mortgage Team. Hey guys, Joe Onofre here. Have you seen a home you'd love to buy, but haven't even started the process of selling your current one yet? Well, we have an option for you. What if I told you that you can buy that home now and have up to six months to sell? And if it doesn't sell, we have a guaranteed buyer lined up. This program essentially allows you to exclude the current mortgage debt and will provide you the anticipated sales proceeds for your new down payment. It really is that simple. So buy that home you've had your eye on and take your time to sell. This could help you maximize the sales price as time allows for higher value increases. If you'd like to know more about this program or lending needs in general, give me a call. Schedule a call today at LenderJoe.com or give me a call at 407-720-8514, and I'd love to help. NMLS number 147357. I'm just listening to the music there, Gabe. Before we get back, I, I don't want to um, I don't want to overlook something. And uh, you all know Gabe, my producer, uh, the guy who always is uh, playing my audio clips at the exact right time when I call for them. Um, 
he he's a big part of the show and he helps make everything happen but i want to ask you to keep him in your prayers tonight and uh, over the next few days he lost his mother on friday she was battling cancer and um, some complications from covid um and she is no longer with us and gabe we are thinking about you and uh, I appreciate everything you do for this show, and so do the listeners. And I want to ask you guys to keep him in your thoughts and prayers because he's a big part of the show, and he's a good human being. He does not deserve to have to go with this. Earlier on in the year, he lost his father and his brother. So it has been a tough year for Gabe, and he's still rocking it, doing absolutely amazing. He's in here. He's working. He's showing up. Um, he's the definition of a strong human being, and um, we couldn't do the show without you, Gabe. We are thinking about you and anything you need. The David Pollack Show and our listeners are here for you. Um, so getting right back into uh, what we were talking about before, Scott Pressler is still with us. And I also want to bring in, and Scott, uh, Crypto Lawyer is on, and I'm going to bring him in as well because we're going to be talking about the Turning Point Conference, Turning Point USA Conference. And um, I believe this is, this is the first year that they've done like this big conference in Palm Beach. And so... And not only that, you're also speaking at it, which is a huge deal because people are finally recognizing your contributions. Ron McDaniel, for some reason, I think she's threatened by you, to be honest with you. One, you have better hair, much better. Two, I think your sense of style is much better. Your, uh, your web presence is better. You're better on Twitter. I think she's intimidated because uh, I call you the you're the unofficial GOP chair as far as I'm concerned. And maybe that's why she's ignoring you. But Turning Point's paying attention. They've given you a significant, um, I guess, partnership to help replicate your efforts across the country. Can you talk about that real quick and then talk about the conference or the convention or whatever well, we're calling I'm it? So humbled. I mean, I would have never thought I'd be speaking at a conference with Donald Trump, Stephen K. Bannon, Lauren Boebert, Tucker Carlson. I mean, oh my gosh, I'm going to be surrounded by all of my heroes and they're going to be my colleagues at that point. So no, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Thank you to Tyler Boyer, the CFO of Turning Point Action. And, you know, we just locked in a partnership. My organization, Early Vote Action, just got a $5 million commitment from Turning Point Action to do a ballot-chasing operation statewide in Wisconsin. And I'll actually be uh, launching this operation in August during the state fair in Milwaukee. <laughs> That's fantastic. And then, and then those, and that con those, those monetary contributions going to allow you to do everything you do in many more places, right? Well, and I'm going to be able to replicate. I'm going to exactly. be able to for people, you know, it's not going to television advertisements, right? It's not going to like that. This is going to hire boots on the ground and create humbly a thousand Scott Presslers right. to be able to do this across Wisconsin and then move on to Nevada, Pennsylvania, Arizona, North Carolina. Yeah. Turning point and Scott Pressler. I think that might be the partnership that delivers um, the white house in 2024 back to the American people. And I don't think you can underestimate guys. If you aren't paying attention to this at home, you really need to, if you don't see the work Scott does and the results he gets and what turning point is doing at the grassroots level, this partnership is really going to be the the key difference maker, and I don't. I mean, I don't know if you want to comment on it, Scott, or not. But what? What? Why is? Why do you think Ron McDaniel is not helping you? Why aren't they? Why isn't the Republican Party partnering with you? Why is Turning Point recognizing it, but not the Republican Party? Are they not concerned with winning? Do they not think we need to win on the ground? What do you think? Well, you know, I want to say I'm so thankful to all of my followers. I mean, y'all <laughs> every day. 
when you go to the chairwoman's Twitter account, all of the <laughs> replies are talking about reach out to Scott Pressler, call Scott Pressler. And I just want to say thank you for the support. And just remember, let's remain polite and respectful because I want this always to be about policy. I'm here for one reason, to make Joe Biden a one-term president. And if the chairwoman called me right now at this very second, I would take her phone call. And even if Joe Biden reached out to me, I think it's important to have a seat at the table and to be able to inject our conservative values everywhere. And so I'm going to be a collaborator and team player, and I welcome uh, her communication with me. I hope she does reach out. Now, also, because not only is Turning Point recognizing your contributions, and Crypto Lawyer is on right now, and Crypto Lawyer, we're going to talk about uh, Steve Cortez as well, but there's also a documentary being made about you because you're big and famous. <laughs> and this is called, and I'll let Crypto, let Crypto, are you on the line? I am, I am, guys. Hi. The, the infamously notorious, anonymous <laughs> Crypto Lawyer is on. And uh, why don't you tell us about, uh, it's the Pressler Project, correct? Yeah, it's the Pressler Project. So um, about a year ago now, Mark Naughton and I, uh, we've been just monster fans of Scott and what he does. And um, about a year ago, we got the idea of doing a documentary with Scott. And we re we reached out to him. Scott has been awesome in what he does. I mean, you know, you just cannot say how much of a hard worker he is, how nice he is, and just really what a gentleman he is. And um, Mark and I got together and uh, through our crowdsource funding from our following on Twitter, and I think Scott's as well, um, we've been able to raise some money and following Scott, or following Scott around the country is not a task for one person. It's yeah. just simply not. <laughs> um, Mark has followed him to various states. We, we have people in California and, um, you know, Scott has been amazing. And essentially we're putting together a documentary. And it's going to culminate at Turning Point with Scott speaking, Scott behind the scenes. Um, and it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Uh, I've had the, you know, the honor and the privilege to do this with Scott. And uh, we're going to get it together. We're going to make a good product. It's going to be a great documentary. We plan on having a shorter clip of around 10 to 15 minutes and then a full-size documentary of about an hour or so. That's going to go to the editing people uh, once we're done at Turning Point. And Turning Point to Scott Pressler is a winning combination, and we are we are super excited to uh, to get in there behind the scenes and to show everyone, you know, because Scott's pretty transparent, yeah. but you know, to even to show more of what Scott does and uh, the fact that you know the hero that he is because he is really a one man army. Yeah, yeah, and and Scott, are you excited about your uh, your uh, you ready for your close up? Well, hey, crypto, but let's remind, <laughs> rewind for a second, because the oh, sure. impetus, the way that this started, the origin is crypto slid into my DM. And that's why. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. I, but I mean, yes. literally, I want people to know this project is going to be really all encompassing. Mark has already been with me in New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Louisiana. Plus, we have some film from Los Angeles, California. And then this weekend. We're going to be in West Palm Beach filming, you know, not only me interacting with the Turning Point Action Conference goers, but me speaking on stage with all of these high profile Republicans and it's voter registration and door knocking. So really, this is going to be a well-rounded project. 
I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the project. And now, listen, they're doing this on their own. Crypto and Mark Naughton, nobody's paying them to do this, by the way. So, Crypto, right. there's a way that people can contribute if they want to help, you know, tell this story to help inspire people to replicate uh, Scott Pressler's success. Can you uh, let our listeners know and how they can contribute? Yeah, no, thank you. So it, it's really as simple as going to Mark Naughton's uh Twitter account or to mine. So obviously I go by Crypto Lawyer. Uh, if, you, if you look me up on Twitter, it's Crypto Lawyer, C-R-Y-P-T-O-L-A-W-Y-E-R. There's a Z at the end. So put a Z at the end and you will find our Venmo, our Cash App, everything that we do, we're transparent about. We put it out there. Um, all the money that we're raising is going to this. And you're absolutely right. Um, this is something that the people behind us have have helped us do. Mark and I had the idea. I slid into to Scott's DMs and Scott has been gracious <laughs> enough to, to just allow us to, you know, be with him and get behind the scenes footage. And, you know, uh, we have, we have expenses, right? We have a uh, professional camera, you know, people that are coming out to do this, uh, people that we've hired out of state, in state professional editors, and uh, it's going to be expensive, but it's going to be great. And uh, hopefully Scott is happy with it at the end and he gets the approval. And, uh, you know, our job is, to put Scott, if we can even do so, put Scott in a better light because everything he does is just absolutely first class. So I'm super excited to see him in a couple of days and uh, can't wait to have him in West Palm Beach. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see both of you. I'll be the David Pollock show will be there as well. Um, and yep. just make sure if there are donations, uh, some of it's going to have to go to care for Scott's hair because that is a very important part of this documentary. <laughs> it requires a staff in and of itself. <laughs> Scott, I cannot wait to see you. Thank you for being on the show. I'm going to ask uh, Crypto here in a second about um, the uh, Steve Cortez. Uh, I don't want to call it a controversy, but I know you've got important work to do, so I'm going to let you go. I'm looking so forward to seeing you this weekend and hearing your comments, and I'm looking forward to seeing that documentary. Scott Pressler, thank you so much for being part of the show. Thank you, gentlemen. Bye, David. Bye, Crypto. Bye-bye. So, Crypto Lawyer... Crypto yes, lawyer, I got uh, I got about a minute before my break, and, and I might hold you over here. I got Bill Mitchell coming on, um, and we're going to be talking about DeSantis because, you know, everybody seems to want to talk about Trump and DeSantis. And you had a Twitter space with uh, right. Steve Cortez the other day, and it made quite the headlines. And, you know, we, I might have to just uh, just uh, preview this, and I might have to bring you back on and talk about it, and I'll bring Bill on as well. Um, okay. Because Steve Cortez was talking about um, – because uh, Steve Cortez, he does uh, fundraising. He's he's a, a spokesperson from a, for a very large pack, and they've been uh, fundraising for DeSantis. And and it might have been. And I think it was taken in Steve's defense. I think it was taken out of context. I think what he was suggesting is, you know, we have a long way to go. I think he was just trying to be humble and saying, you know, we're we're behind where we want to be. I think we got to catch up. You were on that space, Sp you know. Um, what specifically did he say? And then let's talk about it right after the break. Yeah. So just to make it real quick, and we'll chat after. Um, you know. Steve is a great guy. You know, I respect him. And he came on and he and he spoke as a true gentleman. And, uh, you know, he did say that uh, DeSantis is behind. And he did say that he anticipates his his candidate to catch up. But, you know, he did say that uh, Trump is a maestro when it comes to debating. And he did state that, uh, you know, DeSantis is going to have a lot of catching up to do. So 
you know, those, those are the highlights of that. But uh, well, we'll talk about that. Respecting your enemy is certainly an um, important part of politics. Listen, crypto, stick around if you will for just a minute. I'm bringing up Bill Mitchell here in just a second too. Um, he's a big supporter Absolutely. of uh, Ron DeSantis. So don't go anywhere. We got great conversations coming up. This is going to be a very exciting second half to the David Pollock Show. So don't go anywhere. Just to watch him shatter You're just a step on the boss man's ladder But you got dreams he'll never take away David Pollock here I hope you're enjoying the show If you're looking for more information On any of our sponsors Or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show Make sure to visit thedavidpollockshow.com There you'll also find our latest articles Links to our social media And opportunities to become a sponsor yourself So remember to visit thedavidpollockshow.com Are you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultants specializes in citizens insurance packages and replacement cost appraisals so you can get bound quickly, easily, and accurately. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than you need. Work with a company that respects your time and budget as much as you do. Visit online at FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. That's FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. Business owners, are you sick of dealing with those big-name telecommunications companies that leave you frustrated with terrible customer service and then lock you into long-term contracts? That's why I want to introduce you to my friends over at Public Telephone Company. They are an industry-leading VOIP provider offering all-in-one business communication solutions that are completely contract-free with competitive pricing. But perhaps the best part, they're all about supporting their customers with U.S.-based customer service, and they're always willing to go the extra mile. Don't let your phone company drive you mad. Call Public Telephone Company today at 877-314-4080 or visit them at publictelephonecompany.com. That's publictelephonecompany.com. David Pollock Show, I always say it, and I mean it. Probably the best soundtrack in all of talk radio. Now, mind you, all of these bumps and the, the, and the rejoiner music here, I select those. I just go, ah, this song's nice. And unfortunately, you're not going to hear the best part of this song where it goes, do-do-do-do-do-do. You know, that, that always gets, gets everybody excited. So anyway, and then it, I think we had it. Anytime certain songs, and this is totally a tangent, but anytime certain songs play, and I love this, if any song from Top Gun plays, and, and we do have a couple songs, our YouTube videos are banned in Russia. <laughs> so I always get a kick out of that. Anytime I hear something from top up, well, I guess the Russians aren't going to be able to, uh, to watch my, uh, my show next week. But anyhow, welcome back to the David Pollock show. We are switching gears just a little bit. We're going to be talking about Ron DeSantis. Now, listen, I thought this topic died. I thought the Trump versus DeSantis thing was getting old. I thought people didn't want to talk at any, about it anymore. You know, but the Twitter spaces, if you go on on any of the Twitter spaces, you go on social media, the articles being written, all anybody wants to talk about is Trump versus DeSantis. I think there's a lot of other candidates versus Trump that we need to be talking about as well. But the Trump versus DeSantis, certainly in Florida, is the talk of the town. And um, I'm excited to bring on uh, Bill Mitchell. Um, you guys, you guys have to know Bill Mitchell, Bill Mitchell. He's the host and CEO of your voice America. He was actually a Trump supporter before, but, you know, he switched gears. He's a big DeSantis supporter now. And um, he's been very vocal about his support of DeSantis. He thinks he's going to win. Um, there's a lot of credibility to his uh, his um, arguments for the case. And Bill, welcome to the show. 
Hey, great to be here. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for for being on the show. And, I, and I've I met you. Sure. I don't know if you'll remember, and you probably don't, because we was in an elevator. But a long, long time ago, uh, <laughs> it was when Trump had his. Um, I guess is when he his re, his announcement for his second um, campaign. It was in Orlando, and uh, I was over, right. I was I at the that. yeah. We were there, and I you and I were both lost because I guess the directions they were giving people weren't very good about where we were supposed to sit. And I went up and down that elevator like three times. I ran into you. You were lost too. Or like, what? and I recognized. I'm like, oh, there's that's Bill. Not, that's not unusual for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, I was uh, Trump. Trump's. I mean, for six, seven years, I was basically like Trump's one of Trump's biggest supporters. At least MIT thought so. They did a a rating of the 150 most influential people in the 2016 election. And I was the highest rated, like normal guy, you know, everybody else yeah. is a politician or something as far as the, the influencer. So I was a huge Trump supporter. And yeah, it's a kind of a big deal for me to switch over to DeSantis now. No, I understand. A lot of people are, I mean, we've had Lev Parnas on the show not too long ago. I and mean, he was, you know, he called himself part of the Trump cult uh, previously. You know, he, he had to go to jail for a period of time for some things that he did, um, arguably on behalf of the campaign um he's no longer a big fan of trump or desantis actually at this point um but there's a lot of people that were big supporters of trump look i've had a lot of trump supporters on my show i try to stay independent um i try to you know to let people talk and kind of give me their opinions and let the let the listeners decide you know in florida a lot of people love trump a lot of people love desantis and what is which is why this debate um is so very interesting yeah. to so many people and um just and i know you if you heard before the break we had clip crypto lawyer he's actually still on um, crypto lawyer had Steve Cortez on. It was so interesting that he talked about um, DeSantis being way behind in the national polls and facing, quote unquote, an uphill battle. And that seemed to make people believe. And I think it was taken out of context that he was saying that Trump is. I, mean, I think so. Yeah. DeSantis is behind. But now the polls are the polls. And I'm sure you've seen them recently. Um, it it yeah. shows DeSantis somewhere around. And this is from the 538 from July 9th. It has DeSantis around 23.3 and Trump at 52.2. Right. And I think Ram Swamy yeah. somewhere around 6.4 and then the rest of the pack falling yeah. underneath that. Um, but DeSantis used to be higher. So the question I have for you and look, I just so you know, I voted for DeSantis twice. Um, I'm a Floridian yeah. and I loved and I, and I and I do have some criticism of DeSantis. And if we have time, I'll get to it. But Ron DeSantis in November of 2022, I couldn't have had a, I couldn't be a bigger fan of Ron DeSantis 2022. But my question yeah. is, he was so popular then, but a lot of his popularity there was that MAGA base, too, that was built into it. A lot of Trump supporters loved DeSantis. Right. And then when DeSantis stepped out and look, people got nervous when they heard Trump call him desanctimonious. Uh, a lot of people were like, uh oh, we don't want this fight because we love both of you. And it seemed there was a split. Yeah. But in the split, it looks like Trump's getting the lion's share of the support. And do you think DeSantis peaked or do you, or do you think he's just heading a low no, before not, he peaks again? Where do you think? Not at all. People, people are misreading the polls completely let's let's look at another poll yeah not these not these ones where trump's way ahead but let's look at this marquette poll that came out of wisconsin okay now about about 50 about 40 out of our states have some version of an open primary meaning that uh that independents can vote in the republican primary either they can you know to get a republican ballot on the day of election or they can just vote for whatever they don't have uh, you know uh party affiliation so most of these polls, the national polls, the state polls, and so on and so forth, should be including right-leaning independents in their polls. Most of them are not. They're just doing a pure Republican sample, or they're doing a very tiny independent sample. But let's look at that Marquette poll. In the Marquette poll, <clears throat> the Trump and DeSantis were basically tied. Trump was at 31%. DeSantis was at 30%, 30%. But when you went head-to-head, -head, DeSantis was 16 points ahead of Trump. This is dramatically different. Yeah. So when you see a 
when you see a poll that's that dramatically of an outlier from everybody else, <clears throat> what does that mean? Does it mean the, the people in Wisconsin suddenly shifted? No, what you're seeing is just a difference in model that's being used. And the difference in the model was that they were including right-leaning independents. And here's the thing. DeSantis is very popular with independents. Trump is very popular with the core GOP base. So if you're doing a poll and you're just including the core GOP base, but you're not including right-leaning independents, when these people will probably have a chance to vote in primaries in like 40 out of the states, you're doing the polls wrong because you're taking away DeSantis's core base. Also, DeSantis is not that well-known outside of, you know, Florida and outside of us guys on Twitter that talk about this stuff all the time. To the average Joe on the street, somebody in Nebraska, they don't know that much about DeSantis. So we have the debates and those sort of things for them to get to know. Trump is the, you know, he's the Band-Aid brand. You know, he's the known entity. He's, he's the brand name, you know. And so a lot of people are going to default to him. But what we've seen in a number of polls, they've done a few polls where they're doing sort of a heat map. And in those polls, you got about 25% core Trump ride or die support, about 49 or 50% on the bubble, and then about 25% they hate Trump, they'll never vote for him. So in essence, out of the GOP, you got 75% where DeSantis has got a shot with these people. And I think that what you're seeing is when you see that 52% number for Trump, really half of that is, is wobbly. And if somebody knows Trump as well as they know him now, and they're wobbly, that means they really don't want him, but they want to make sure they got a lifeboat where they can get that whole, they can get their MAGA on, they can get their America First on. And they just want to see what else is out there. They want to date around. So uh, although Trump is getting the numbers like 51, 52%, which is really terrible for a titular incumbent like Trump, you know, he got 94% of the GOP vote in 2020. Now he's at 52%. He's lost half of his base. So that's terrible for him. And we just have to wait and see how that goes out. I mean, you know, we got 80 million other people in this election. What happens after, let's say that, I think DeSantis is going to win Iowa. I mean, Trump is out there insulting Kim Reynolds. Is he out of his mind? He's insulting Kim Reynolds today. DeSantis is praising Kim Reynolds. Sununu despises Trump. I think he could endorse DeSantis. So DeSantis could take Iowa, could take New Hampshire. Then it's all a completely different ballgame. I've noticed that there's a lot... um... You know, and, 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 you know, I've been in a lot of crypto spaces, Mario spaces. I know you have yeah. a space on Twitter. There's been a lot of um, discussion uh, about all of this. And it seems like the, the DeSantis camp folks, um, they're putting a lot of emphasis on Iowa, a lot of emphasis saying, like, look, if DeSantis wins Iowa, you know, the, the voters might think that he has a real shot. And, and, and that's right. where a lot of emphasis is being Correct. put. Um, do you feel the same way? Like Iowa is really going to be that, that DeSantis can win Iowa and that might be the thing? Because, look. The other Republicans, there's like 10 of them at this point, and some of them are doing pretty well. I mean, I don't think I think some of the you know people at the bottom will kind of fall off, but they're going to split the never Trump vote. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the math is the math. Trump has his core base of support. I mean, it, it might not be strong one on one like you're mentioning in the polls, but if there's 10 other candidates in the never Trump vote could be spread out and DeSantis might get a lot of it, but maybe not enough of it to win a nomination. And so. Right. Uh, so well, that's think, always a risk, of course. But so Iowa, they're looking at like, look, if DeSantis wins Iowa and does it convincingly, um, that might make voters go, OK, let's get behind DeSantis. Maybe some others fall out and then, you know, some deals are made about cabinet. And and that's where DeSantis's campaign turns right. up. Do you agree with that? Or, I mean, is that what you're thinking, too? Yeah, <clears throat> I think that I think that what Iowa would do. Is, you know, th- there's this sort of this this, you know, uh, shield of invincibility that Trump has. Oh, you know, Trump can't be beaten, blah, 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 all this stuff. But 
uh, if he, if DeSantis goes in and wins Iowa, it's going to be bigger than Cruz winning Iowa in, you know, in 2016, because then Trump was a newcomer and so on and so forth, and Cruz was well-known. But if DeSantis can, can beat Iowa, that is the beginning of the redemption arc for the comeback kid, okay? He wins Iowa. Then he goes in, he wins New Hampshire. Then Trump is scrambling. South Carolina has got to become his, his firewall, you know? And so there's, there's a whole dynamic that can go on there. But once you break that spell that Trump can't, you know, can't be beaten, then all of a sudden it becomes acceptable to go out there. You know, Trump had, had the uh, monster vote. He had the uh, silent majority vote in 2016. People that really didn't want to admit that they supported Trump. Well, really, right now, DeSantis has got the monster vote. He's got the silent majority vote. Well, people don't really want to come out and say, yeah, I'm kind of thinking about DeSantis because take it from me. You come out on Twitter and you say, like, DeSantis, you're going to catch a lot of grief for that. Okay, I know. I lost like 40,000 followers. I get it. So I think that there's a lot of people out there that are really seriously considering uh, DeSantis. And here's the thing. You know, people said DeSantis is like Trump without the drama. I think DeSantis would be better than Trump without the drama because I think he's, he's more strategic. He's more practical. He understands legislation at the granular level. He's, worked, he's come from Congress, so he's not going to create these insurgencies in Congress where, oh, like, who's this billionaire to come in and tell us what to do, you know? So he's going to get along with these people. I think he's going to whip Congress more effectively. Uh, DeSantis is more of an endgame guy. You know, I've talked to people who actually worked with Trump, and they said, you know, Trump is a good idea, idea guy, but he doesn't do the work up front and he doesn't do work at the end. You know, that's why stuff doesn't get, get finished, you know. And, uh, that, but DeSantis has said in his launch speech, he said, you know, before I do something, I role play the whole thing out of my head from beginning to end. I think about all the objections, all the problems that have come up. I make sure I've got the power, I've got the law behind me, and he's always got the end game in mind. And I think that that's really going to appeal to people because, you know, I said in 2016 that Trump is going to win this election because this is a change election. Trump is a change candidate. Hillary is the status quo candidate. Change candidates win change elections. And I think in 2024, what we've really got is a fixed election. We need America to be fixed. Joe Biden broke it. We need America to be fixed. DeSantis is the fix-it candidate. The fix-it candidate is going to win the fixed election. I think at the end of the day, that's going to be the dynamic that... Uh, that pulls through here. And of course, Trump's got all his legal issues and God only knows what's going to happen with that stuff. What happens now though? And I know a lot of stock has been put into Iowa and then maybe New Hampshire. What happens if, if DeSantis doesn't pull it out in Iowa? It, it, that's not the end. You don't think, right? You think he regroups, maybe tries for New no, Hampshire? No, but I think, I think, it, <clears throat> I put it this way. I think it would be helpful <laughs> if he wins <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> of course. I, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not like do or die. If he loses Iowa, it's over because these, you know, uh, all kinds of unexpected. One of my favorite sayings is an old medieval expression. It says, there's many a slip twist the cup and the lip. And what that really means is that a lot of weird stuff happens on the way to grandma's house. Okay. Yeah. You never, a lot of unexpected stuff. And so who knows, but uh, I think it would be helpful if he wins Iowa and then he leverages that, you know, to go into, and right now Trump is throwing Iowa away with both hands. I mean, he, this is the second time he has attacked Kim Reynolds and said that Kim Reynolds would have never been governor if it wasn't for me. And I got out of that job. You know, once again, Trump being, you know, his humble self, I got out of that job. And, you know, I'm not even asking her to campaign with me. You know, it's like, dude, he is like, she is like the incredibly popular governor of Iowa. It's like, what are you doing? You know? So, and, uh, you know, and Trump, Trump had, Trump went to Iowa and had a, uh, he had a, a rained out uh, outdoor uh, rally that looked like it was going to be poorly attended. And then he did a town hall with Hannity and the 
seats were half empty and the TV ratings weren't good. And then he goes to a, a venue in Council Bluffs that has 9,000 seat venue. And I think they were planning on using that. And then he downsgraded the room that's got 450 people in it. It's like, where's the mob scene? And then we see, we see the thing at the, uh, the Pickens thing. And they, you know, they say 50,000 people and Trump's saying 75,000 people. Listen, I know what 75,000 people look like. That's a football stadium full of people. Okay. There wasn't a football stadium full of people there. There were about three or 4,000 maybe there on that little street there in Pickens. So, you know, Trump is just not drawing the massive crowds like he did before. No. Uh, I think he's got financial problems. I've been hearing through my sources that a lot of the people that work for him are a little concerned about the economic problems. You know, they raised $35 million in the second quarter. I mean, for a guy like Trump, that's, that's chump change. I mean, you look at uh, the two weeks following the 2020, he won, raised $250 million in two weeks. This is $35 million in an entire quarter, and at least $20 million of that was basically pity money because people felt sorry for him for the, you know, the, uh, uh, the indictments. So, yeah, he's, he's not in good shape financially. And these, these uh, arena rallies cost about $2.5 million to put on. So he's not doing that because he doesn't have the money. He's not doing the ground game. Uh, DeSantis is killing him on ground game. DeSantis has got a massive ground game in Iowa, massive ground game in New Hampshire, massive ground game in South Carolina, never back down, who's got like 100, raised $130 million. They got the $82 million from DeSantis' Florida fund, and then they got you know, a bunch on their own. $130 million, these guys have got. They're just pounding it on the ground game, pounding it on data, pounding it on staffing. You know, I mean, Trump is, cannot compete with this. And the thing that DeSantis is doing is he said this the other day. He says, listen, I'm not like Trump where I have to win every news cycle, okay? It's not about my giant ego and stuff like that. We are laying the foundation. We're playing long ball here. We're laying the foundation. And you want to win these elections, you've got to have the ground game. That's where it's won. It's not won on Twitter. You know, only 17% of conservatives or Republicans are even on Twitter, and 97% of the content there is created by 25% of the people. So it really is a little echo chamber there. Twitter's not real life. You know, DeSantis is doing the ground game. Trump is not. No. Trump is not doing the ground game, I think, because he can't afford it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to get interesting. My hope is, at the end of the day, once this nomination process is over, uh, once we get through the primaries and we have our nominee um, we'll all be united again, yeah. whether it's Trump or DeSantis or we somebody will. else. But we can move forward we because will. the most important thing is taking back the White House and saving this country. Um, Bill, I can't I thank agree. you enough for coming on the show. I hope you come on again. We're going to be talking about this until the election. So I hope you come back on. We're going to have lots to talk about. And um, I really yeah. appreciate all of your insight on this because it's it's good to get that perception from the DeSantis camp because it's important good. for people I to hear both sides. And you're always welcome to come on my show, too. So I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> Okay, brother. All right, thank well, you thank so much you. for coming on the show, and we'll talk real soon. Hey, guys, stick around. Okay. We got a quick. Thank you, Bill. Stick around, guys. We got a quick break, and when we come back. We're going to be wrapping things up with crypto lawyer um, and Desantis. So don't go anywhere, and stay away from the lizard people on planes. David Pollock, will be right back. Did you know that every forty seconds? Someone in the United States suffers from stroke. And every three minutes and 14 seconds, someone dies from a stroke. These statistics are staggering. But even more surprising is the fact that stroke can affect people of all ages, with one in seven stroke sufferers being younger than 49. The Scott Cooper Smith Stroke Awareness Foundation is on a mission to spread awareness about stroke in younger individuals. In 2009, Scott Cooper Smith passed away unexpectedly from a stroke at just 32 years old leaving behind a wife and a child. 
The foundation was started in his memory to connect stroke sufferers with the resources they need to overcome this devastating condition. If you want to help young families struggling with the impact of stroke, consider making a donation to the Scott Cooper Smith Stroke Awareness Foundation. Together, we can make a difference in the lives of those affected by stroke. Visit strokeawarenessfoundation.org to learn more and donate today. That's strokeawarenessfoundation.org. Hey friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft-serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh-baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh-baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to tell them David sent you. Nobody can tell you. There's only one song worth singing. They may try and sell you. Because it hangs them up to see someone Welcome back to the final segment of another exciting David Pollock show. Guys, listen, I know I was away last week and it was pre-recorded and the week before and it was education and the week before that education. Understand, look, politics is very, very important, but there's other things important in this country besides just politics. Uh, we're going to be talking about DeSantis and Trump and a lot of things. But look, that those are two back to back education shows we had. A lot of Floridians and a lot of parents across the country are looking for options to take their kids out of indoctrination camps, a.k.a. public education. So these are important, too. Sorry if it wasn't so exciting, but um, I'm excited to be back talking about politics and having these these really exciting shows. And I'm really thankful to Bill Mitchell for coming on. He's a great guest. Look, guys, it's important to hear all sides. I know we have a lot of Trump fans that are listeners to this show. I'm a lot of DeSantis fans, too. And, and it is unfortunate uh, how much our our party is being tugged around right now between candidates. Um, the DeSantis-Trump rivalry is certainly very heated right now. I'm excited uh, about maybe Newsom getting into this race because it would be nice to see the Democrats actually having honest discussions. I think it's healthy. And I'm going to bring Crypto Lawyer back on. Uh, crypto Lawyer, I'm going to bring you. I think you're still back on, right? You still there with me? Yeah, crypto? Here, I think yep. it, Crypto, I think it's healthy for... Uh, as much as we get into it between Trump and DeSantis people and, and you know, some others, uh, I think it's healthy for the Republicans. And I've always said this to have these debates. I think it's healthy when we're in Congress and it takes two weeks to get a speaker. I think it's healthy that we have freedom caucuses and other caucuses and all these groups of people that can't uh, always in unison agree. I think it's dangerous when Democrats in lockstep do whatever the party leadership tells them to do because they're not representing their people. I think diversity in opinion is important. I think the Republican Party is the only home to diversity of thought right now. So I don't mind the debates as long as at the end of the day we can all come together. But that being said, look, the Santa's people have just like all the Trump people. I know some people call them the Trump cult. People who love Trump are going to make excuses and say everything Trump does is great. And people who love DeSantis are going to say everything DeSantis does is great. But I think the truth is always somewhere in the middle and that's worth discussing. And so for the last, you know, the segment of the show, the last few minutes I have left, I wanted to talk to you because you run a lot of great Twitter spaces and on your Twitter spaces, we have these debates. So I'm interested to get your perspective between hearing the Trump versus DeSantis and hearing some of the things Bill said and, uh, and, and, and some of the other um, proponents of both candidates and kind of get your opinion uh, of what you think um, is, is uh, you know, 
going on right now. And I also want to, um, real quick, I just want to let everybody know if you want to try to call in, the number is 407-774-8255, 407-774-8255. You want to be on the show with Crypto and myself, um, try to call in. I know a lot of people are calling. The number might be busy, but just try again. Um, but what do you think, Crypto? Yeah, no, uh, Bill made some great points, and I follow him on Twitter, and I certainly I certainly respect what he has to say. Um, you know, you, you know, you're absolutely right. The Democrats, whether you hate them or you love them, um, you know, I'm not a Democrat, but the Democrats, they are in lockstep. And, you know, if you have to give one thing to them, it's that they do things and they shove it down your throat, right? And the GOP doesn't do that. There's a lot of infighting between the DeSantis camp and the Trump camp. And there's name calling. It's getting personal. And, uh, you know, there are people that I've spoken to that are DeSantis people that will not vote for Trump. Right. And there's tr- and there's Trump people that I've spoken to who will not vote for DeSantis. And, and, and that's not the way. Um, but unfortunately, while Twitter is not real life for people that are on Twitter, um, it's you know, it's getting so toxic on there that that it's really it's really going beyond what is professional. And as far as DeSantis goes, listen, I'm in Florida like you. I love DeSantis as my governor. Um, I would like him as my president, true, um, too. You know, I've said it before, you know, I like Trump as well. My vote as of right now is going to Trump. Um, there's just, you know, I don't think you can underestimate someone's personality and likability. You know, we're talking about Donald Trump, you know, President Trump, who's been impeached twice, who has two criminal indictments, yet he's still polling the way he's polling. Now, you know, polls can be inaccurate. I'm not a pollster, but... You have to at least look at this and say, you know, if this is what he's facing, he's facing legal troubles, he's facing potentially financial problems. But this is a guy when he went out to UFC in Vegas a couple nights ago, everybody went crazy for him. Um, And I agree with Bill that a lot of people do not know Governor Ron DeSantis. And he's a great guy. I like him. But it's a little peculiar that as he gets out, He's dropping a little bit, you know, as he goes out and he meets more people and and, and more of the country sees him, he drops. He's not gaining. Um, So that's concerning from that standpoint. And again, whoever the GOP nominee is, that's going to be my vote. Um, But I think there's I think there's a problem or something that the DeSantis camp may want to look into that. You know, we've done a lot of right wing things, conservative things in Florida, and I'm a big fan of them and I supported them and I support my governor. The problem is for every person like me, there's someone on the other side of that coin. And that person, you know, like the Disney thing that's going on here in Florida or, you know, as as people like to call it, which not, you know, that don't say gay, you know, all this stuff. My point being is it's not like. Governor DeSantis doesn't come with his own issues that he's had in Florida. While I like what he's done, there's a lot of people on the other side that do not like what he's done. So as of right now, Trump is taking the brunt of it. If for some reason Trump is out of it, that that full force and that payload is going to come right at Governor DeSantis. I have no doubt that he'll be able to take it. Yeah, um, He'll do well. But just to think that, you know, people are starting to learn about him. That's why he's not out there in the polls doing well. Um, I don't know. I would disagree. I'm not a pollster, but, you know, as he gets out more and more, numbers are dropping a little bit. That would be concerning to me. 
Yeah, it, it is interesting. And real quick, and, and I'm, I'm always tangential. It's I'm my, in law school. People called me AD Dave because I could <laughs> never pay attention. And I'd be like climbing a palm tree when we were studying torts. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I just saw something on Fox News pop up. And it looks like it had Gavin Newsom in the White House at some point. And uh, right. everyone said he's ready to run. And we're gonna, I'm going to have to dedicate a whole show to this maybe next week. Um, do you think they, Biden is, is is going to get out of the race? I'm not going to talk about this right now, but I, it's something to think about right. for the next show because I got two minutes left. I wonder if they know Biden's not going to make it and Gavin Newsom's going to be the guy. Something very interesting is happening there. So, guys, stay tuned to that. But I want to get back to DeSantis. Um, and, and like you're saying, look, I don't believe in polls. I think polls are like right. statistics, and statistics are lying to people through math. Uh, people find statistics that support whatever argument they want to make. And look, if you have a poll in your favor, you talk about it. If you have a poll against exactly. you, I think it, it poll, if you rely on polls, you, you do yourself a disservice because um, like I said earlier, um, in, when I talked about what um, Cortez was saying, it's important to know your enemy. And um, if right. you look at polls and you start to believe them, that's what Hillary Clinton did wrong. And she didn't even go into the blue wall because she thought she had it. She believed her polls. And as a result, she lost miserably. Um, this is what you, you can't always rely on polls. But like you said, you have to look at the pulse of the community. And people do seem to still love Trump. And even though the, the, he seems to be doing better despite the indictment. So um, I don't know. It, it's something to watch as things go. We'll see how the caucuses go. I do think people are kind of getting sick of uh, DeSantis versus Trump, but I think the beneficiary of that is Ramswamy. Um, I do think he's yeah. rising in the polls. Yeah. And I do when, think Absolutely. when it's certainly not Chris Christie. I got um, <laughs> I got to run because we've had so much fun and the show is over, but we'll have to continue this into a Twitter space. So you guys, if you guys are not on Twitter or if you don't go to Crypto Lawyer Spaces, you need to do it because we're going to be talking about this and other things. It's Crypto Lawyer, thank you so much for being a part of the show again, and I know we'll talk real soon. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. All right, guys, that's it. We've reached the end of another exciting David Pollack show. I want to remind you, please go and visit Your Voice America. That's Bill Mitchell's show. Um, he has a lot of really good guests and insight on there. Um, visit Crypto Lawyer. Visit Scott Pressler's Persistence. Um, these guys really are the ones out there doing the work and um, giving us stuff to talk about. So thank you so much for listening. We will be back here same time next week. Maybe we'll be talking about Newsom. A lot of exciting things going on. Thank you for listening to The David Pollock Show. Remember, you can always watch this show and other shows on thedavidpollockshow.com. And please remember, visit our sponsors. They keep us on the air. Thank you very much from The David Pollock Show, and good night. Just to do your thing. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. WORL, Orlando, News Talk Station of the Year. With this SRN News update, starting now.